1 Peter, sorry, 1 Peter chapter 23, it speaks about this. It says your faith is going to be put through fire to be tested so that it's genuine. Anything that's not genuine faith gets burnt away. So every trial you go through, it's not God trying to discipline you in a way that he's angry with you, but it's God bringing out the purity of your faith so you can hold on to what's true and pure. He loves his bride and faith pleases him. So let's not pretend. Let's say, God, these things are hard, but I want to bring a real faith. You know, it's amazing. A lot of people can confess faith until there's persecution. How many of you know that? Oh, we love one another. Yes, wonderful. Then we go through a hardship and it's like, yes, you, I worked hard for my money. <laughs> you can't be sharing this stuff now. Just everybody, people just want my money. I don't know then if you have a real concern uh, for what God wants. doesn't make sense. So that's why when, when, when Michelle is sharing and I start thinking, God, you're speaking around stuff that's going to happen. You're speaking around the possible shortages. And, 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 and what, so what if that's true? Then I want to say, God, I want to prepare myself so I can be a blessing in that time. That's the key. Not to preserve my life, but to be a blessing. And you know the reality is in our house, not everybody can, can do that because some people are living not for three months provision. They're living for one week provision, one day provision. But as a church, man, we're a beautiful thing because we're God's idea. Can I tell you what? God looks after his church. You know, often it's like there's so much abuse in the body of Christ, so much rubbish that happens, so much shenanigans. Come on, let's be honest. There's people who pretend it's about money. And I just think to myself, God, you must be so patient and loving that you don't sort us all out. Because the early church, the early church, they went long, a couple of months. I don't even think they were two years old when Ananias and Sapphira, they're in this beautiful, there's stuff happening. I mean, there's a revival. There's just, wow, stuff's going down. And two people decide to pretend. In this beautiful environment of grace, that they sold a piece of property, which was theirs to keep and sell, and pretend they only sold it for X amount. Let's say 500,000. When they come to the apostles and they, we sold our property for 500 grand. Here it is. Why they were doing that is because there was such generosity and there was such, wow, man, you guys go for it. We want to be a blessing. But it seemed like they came there to say, look what we did. And, and, Peter looks and he says, why have you conspired to lie to the Holy Spirit? Do you not know that he knows? I didn't know, but he just told me he knows. I would have been all fine with this, but he told me he doesn't like this. And what happens? Ananias drops dead. I'm telling you, that's petrifying. I'm thinking, surely not. Surely a warning. But I don't know why. I mean, God's going to explain to us. It's going to be an amazing story. Uh, but, but he drops dead. So they wrap him up like they do. They cuss him. They wrap him up. The guy died. Check his pulse. You know what I mean? Phone 911. They come on the chariot. It's, you know, he's dead. And so what they do is they take him away. Well, wifey, she obviously, they'd agreed to pretend, agreed to say, look at us. That's really what the issue was. And she comes in a little bit later, coming in there. They're going to be so blessed with me and my hubby. She hasn't heard the news, wasn't on Twitter. And she arrives. And she said, hey, how's it going? And Pete says, listen, did you sell your property for 500,000 bucks? Yeah, of course we did. Why did you choose to lie? What do you mean? Why did we choose to lie? 
Like just, if you're just authentic, you could have said, I sold it for a million. I'm just bringing 500. I don't, I'm not pretending. That was the issue. I'm not pretending. I, you see, friends, Jesus loves his bride. He doesn't love the pretense he, because he so wants us to be secure in our, our love by him. That we're not looking at our little things to have something, a ministry or a gifting or finances or influence. You think that impresses God? It surely didn't impress Pete and God and the Holy Spirit. So what happens is she dies. So how was your meeting today? It was heavy, bro. <laughs> I'm not lying to Pete ever again. <laughs> if he asks me, I'm telling him straight. You see, friends, I, when I look at that, it gives me a sense of comfort. God knows. And you know what he's inviting us into? He's not angry. He's not angry. But, but I think in the essence, when there's such a sense of glory, we can't be messing around. But I want to prepare our hearts for that. I want my heart to be prepared. I don't want to mess around God. I don't want to be pretending Christianity. I want a solid faith. A faith that has substance to it. A faith that's anchored in your word. That actually God pleases you firstly and, and really produces fruit for others. Does that make sense? Now, our last little scripture, we got just one or two minutes. I just want to share this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to read from about verse 10. So Paul's writing and there's this thing coming into the church already there. They, they were identifying with a man. I'm from Paul. I'm from Apollos. Now I want to tell you, I love the church. I, if you've been around, this year is going to be 16 years since we planted the tribe for our visitors and for those who haven't known. But 16 years ago, we felt led by God. We were planted from a church. We weren't we weren't rebels in that church. We didn't just leave one day and, and grab as many people as we could and leave and go and plant. We were planted from that church, from the stage. There was a process we went through uh, to plant churches because I really believe that that's what God wants. He wants life-giving communities that are central around Christ with a faith and a love that has substance, that people can see this is real. That when people who are unsaved come in, or when people who come in and they say, this is real, these people genuinely love one another. Man, their faith is real. In a time of shaking, they've got a true, solid faith in Christ. It's easy to be doing well when everything's going well, because then I don't know if you've got faith in Christ or the economy. But when the economy gets shaken, then I'll see where your faith is. Come on. If you say I'm all generous because you've been blessed, and then when, when you lose your job, you stop giving, then you're not generous. You were... You see, generosity has got nothing to do with money. It's got to do with heart. So even the Macedonian church, Paul said, you guys, man, you gave out of great poverty. Your generosity is a testimony. Why? Because you put your faith in God. I love it. And I'm thinking it's so easy to do the normal thing, but it takes faith to do the God thing because we are a God people. We are people anchored in Christ and in his heart. So then this is, he says, Paul writes, he says, I'm a, um, a master builder, okay, so verse 10, he says, um, actually verse 8, now the one who plants and the one who waters are equally important and on the same team, but each one will be rewarded for his own work. Say this, be rewarded for his own work. See, so, so for myself and Jen as pastors, we're working, there's other people that are working, but each one, every one of us are going to be rewarded for our own work. Work's important. Salvation is a free gift. You don't earn it. But your works will be rewarded. Can I, can I ask you to just think about that? You, you're not gonna, you don't earn your salvation. That is, we cannot change that theology because it's very clear in scripture. It's the grace of God. No one is saved by works, Ephesians 2. 
but we have works to do. And God's going to test all of us. He's going to test our works because faith is going to look like something. Don't tell me you got faith, but you do nothing. You hear people, oh no, I trust God. And then when there's persecution, you never see them. No, I just hid myself in, in my, my, my um, uh, walk-in safe. Uh, you know, with an air filter and my own little food supply. And, and when, when the blue light comes on, I know it's safe. But I really trust God. To hell with the rest. You don't have no faith. No, because we don't know what God's doing. So he, he, he says we're on the same team. We are co-workers with God. And you are God's cultivated garden. The house he is building. God has given me unique gifts as a skilled master builder. Who lays a good foundation. Afterwards, another craftsman comes and builds on it. So builders beware. (laughs) Let everyone, builders and Leroy and all those other guys. Builders beware. Let every builder do his work carefully according to God's standards. See, Michelle's right. I can say whatever I want to here. If it's not in the Bible, you don't have to believe it. You have no responsibility to do what I say. That's why we got... Thousands of South Africans who get led week after week by charlatans and liars in the name of Christ. Because they don't look at the word and say, that's not true. They've come under a demonic religious spirit and they do without thinking or honoring God. So I want to say we have to build God's standards. We can't build our own standards. That's why friends, we've got to be something that represents heaven. That means every one of us have to submit our hearts and say, it's not about me, it's about him. Okay? So he says this, For no one is empowered to lay an alternative foundation other than the good foundation that exists, which is Christ Jesus. That's our friends, if you preach, anybody preaches a mixed gospel. It's a bit of Jesus, and it's a bit of ancestral worship, and it's a bit of, you know, culture, and then that will get you saved. They, the Bible says, Paul himself says, let them be eternally cursed. That's harsh words. That's not loving. Uh, why? Because it's so warped and wicked. The only way you and I are going to get into heaven is faith in Christ and Christ alone. That's the only way. You can't add to Jesus and you can't take away from Jesus. It's Jesus plus nothing, Jesus minus nothing. So it doesn't matter. Friends, everything at Christ has to come to a place that he is the answer, the way, the truth, and the life. I can't add to it. I can't change Jesus to accommodate me. I repent. To receive all that he is. That's why we got so much trouble. In the the worship, I'm just thinking, God, break off the orphan spirit over our nation. It's been orchestrated by a demonic agenda. Separate families. Apartheid. Get fathers away from families. And all kinds of rubbish happens. And then we we get urban, wealthy people getting so busy that they don't have time for their kids. Oh, I'm just, I'm just working for your education. I don't want an education. I want a dad. I just want a dad. Oh, but look at your house. We go on holiday overseas. I just want a dad. You know what it is? It's because dads have never been fathered. And so, you know, it's easy to escape in success at work. And to just be available and to love kids. See, our dad is so busy with the whole world that he comes to you personally. <laughs> Loves on you. Says, I love you. I know you. I know how many hairs on your head. Keep my arms around you. That's our dad. And he says, now if you trust me, I know what you need. I want to bless you. I, want, I, I really, I, there's some Abrams in our midst. God wants to do that. It, it, let me tell you, God is so faithful to this house. 
come. We don't get to own a piece of property because of our great wisdom and wealth. We get to own a piece of property because of His amazing grace. And I'd rather live like that than to say, look what we've done. And people say, sheesh, how did you get this? Or go talk to Jesus. <laughs> He'll explain. Honestly, it's so unfair. It's not even funny. But I love it. Okay? Now listen to this. So be very careful. Let every builder do his work carefully according to God's standard. For no one lays this foundation. Okay, verse 12. The quality of materials used by anyone building on this foundation will soon be made apparent, whether it has been built with gold, silver, and costly stones, or wood, hay, and straw. Their work will soon become evident for the day, a big D. There is going to be a day that every one of us, God is going to make evident how we built our lives. As a pastor, apostle, whatever you want to call me, steward, a male, uh, the, the fact is God's given me an anointing and He's going to put fire to my work. Not to me, because I'm in Christ. You got it. And this scripture is so powerful. He's not going to put fire to me as a person because He's not testing me. I'm in Christ. He's going to put fire to my work. So it's so important how we build our lives in a time when people have lost their mind. When the world does whatever they want to, chase after their things. Instead of saying, God, what do you want of me? See, many years ago, 35 years ago, when God saved me, I just said, Lord, whatever your will is. I didn't know. God didn't say, I didn't know. I didn't know what he was, my future, but I knew this. I wanted to do his will. That's all I knew. It was never a question about Jesus, I will do this. Is there money? I didn't say, I, 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 I went into full-time ministry, not looking at, at what was the offer on the salary from Hatford Christian Church, but to the call because it was God. Because I knew if I was called, God was going to provide. See, sometimes people say, I'll do whatever God wants. just mustn't cost me anything. I mean, how much is it going to cost? Must I give up stuff? Oh, you better believe you must give up everything. You mean everything, Stuart? Like everything? Yeah. Like must I go and resign tomorrow? No. You see, sometimes that's, that's where we lack the wisdom. It's like, what has God called you to? And so I want to say this, friends, your work, when you make decisions based on him, other people might not see it, but God sees it. And one day there's going to be a deep, big D day, a big day that's going to reveal what quality of work you used. See, some people leave their work to go into ministry so they can be important, wood, hay, and straw. You can have a great tent, a great organ, a great band, a great organization, wood, hay, and straw. I'm sorry to say, wood, hay, and straw. You can be a faithful mom, loving your husband, loving your kids, faithfully honoring God, praying, and God says, yeah, fire, Woo! here's your gold crown. Filled with gems because you honored me and all your work was in faith. Here is your crown. Wow. But Lord, I didn't have ever once did I get the mic and, and nobody ever noticed me. I never let a, a group know, but you honored me and you faithfully loved your kids. You faithfully loved your husband. You were glorious in what I asked you to do. Well done. We're like, wow. See, we've been bewitched by a world standard. Even in Christianity, if you want to be successful, oh, how big is your church? What, do you want square meterage or numbers? How many seats do we own? I don't know. What do you want? And why is it important how big our church is? How big is our God that we serve? How big is His calling on our lives? Do you believe that? You see, if you live with an orphan spirit, you, you're going to be disqualified by yourself, not by anybody else. But if I recognize, hey God, I found the micro dots. <laughs> You love me. You, wow, you 
do that? Well, no, Lord, it's impossible for me. But, Lord, I'm going to step out the boat. And even if you go swimming, that's fine. You stepped out. You've got a story to tell. Then all the dry guys in the boat, cynically telling, oh, how stupid he was. He actually trusted God. <sighs> Look at what dumb Pete, you know, always out there thinking God's can walk on water. Of course he can. We all saw it. Come on. That's kind of faith, a robust faith, a faith anchored in the voice of God. I'm almost done. Maybe never, but I'm going to today. Their work will soon become evident. It will be made clear because it will be revealed by blazing fire. And the fire will test and prove the workmanship of each builder. He's not going to prove the workman, the workmanship. So I want to say every one of our lives, one day God's going to put fire to it. I want to encourage you again today. Stop and say, am I building a life that honors Jesus? Am I building a life according to God's standards? That's why, let me tell you, friends, people who say it's just me and Jesus, it's not God's standard. Nowhere in the New Testament do you see me and Jesus. Paul, well, to hell with all these other guys, it's just me and Jesus. In we just tiptoeing through the, 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 the wilderness, and I'll just go and do my little thing, and then off. No, it was a church. He planted churches. It wasn't his ministry. He wasn't a missionary. He was an apostle on a, a, an absolute God assignment to build churches, spiritual families. <laughs> Come on. Now you are. That's, I'm glad for Paul. Well done. Paul's going to get, he's got his own crown. He's already there. What about you and me? So I love the church. How we treat the church, how we relate to the church and relate in the church is just as important that we use God's standards. So that's why he says, got nothing to do with your wealth. You don't get position in the church based on wealth. You don't get position based on ethnicity or on gender. You get based on calling and serving because God sees hearts. And he sees all of our hearts here. And he says, I want to use you. I love this family. This morning, the affection of heaven's upon us. Come on. Now listen to this lastly. If his work stands the testifier, he will be rewarded. Not with salvation, because that's a free gift. But his work. If his work is consumed by the fire, he will suffer great loss. Say great loss. See, I think Ananias and Sapphira, if they just said, listen, he has money. We, no, no, I think it was a, the, the pretentiousness of that was we sold it for 500. They could have just said, no, we got 5 million for it. We just want to give 500,000. Thank you. Bless you. It was his to give. Paul wasn't after all the money. He just, why did you pretend? Now, I'm just saying, friends, for us to have work and, and, and stuff that's gold, silver, and precious stones, it's heart first and then hands. Not hands and then heart. It's heart first. And then he says, yet he himself will barely, will barely escape destruction like one being rescued out of a burning house. I love that. You see, because your salvation has got nothing to do with your works. You've got a foundation, Christ. If it's a foundation of Christ and, and other stuff, you're in trouble. Uh, I want to help you this morning. Dig it up. Is it going to cost you? Yes, because whatever you build on top of a wrong foundation has got to come down. See, some people just want to put new paint on it. <laughs> we revamped this old terrible house. The fixer-upper. But look at this. It's lovely now with a lick of paint. It looks amazing. Put new brass little numbers on the front door, a little picket fence. It's amazing because none of us go and inspect foundations, do we? How many of you, when you bought a house, went and said, I want to see the foundations. Can we dig at least three meters down the side? I want to have a look. Are these up to code? Can I see the... We don't do that. We just look at the house. 
the gaping crack was fixed two weeks ago. You can't see it. In three weeks when you move in, you'll see that. I'm telling you. And then what happens? It's hard now to just, you can't sell the house now. You've got to do something. It costs a lot more to start working on the foundation. That's why God says, listen, get the foundation right. But then also, when you've got that right, be careful how you build. Tribe, God is calling us to be careful how we build. It's so important. Every one of us, every one of us in Christ has got something to do. He loves this house. He loves the tribe. But boy, he's going to discipline us. He's going to correct us, mature us. He wants us to get the maximum. Because he's so good. Come on. You think God's got much for us to do? He doesn't want us to preserve. He wants us to do like the Thessalonians. A secure faith in God. Absolutely robust. Can't be moved. You can't intimidate me by fear. You can't lie to me because I have the spirit of Christ in me. I can discern things. I can discern the times and the seasons. What's happening around us? Got nothing to do with health. Got to do with control. I can discern that. I've got a faith in God. Don't put my faith in governments. I put my faith in God. But I want to be a blessing here in South Africa. I really do. And in the nations. Not by building your standards governed by building his standards. And that means I might be persecuted, I might be laughed at and mocked, like Michelle says. Why? Because I believe God. And it's practical. Amen. Yes, you guys are quiet off there. I thought it was a great, I thought that was a pretty decent word, myself. But yes, you guys got quiet, you know. Now I'm joking, man. Father, thank you that your salvation is a free gift. We can't earn it. It's nothing we earn through anything we do. It's by faith that we receive your kindness and your grace. Lord, you love us. And yet, Lord, you've told us you want us to build well. You want us to build with gold, silver, and precious stones, not with rain and straw. And, Lord, there are plans that are your standards. There are things that we should do by marriage is your standard. A man and a woman is your standard. Family is your standard. Church with godly leadership is your standard. Gifts that are used to serve one another is your standard, not to build ministries and platforms. Loving each other based on the love of Christ is your standard. Having a community, Lord, that has a mixture of all tongues, tribes, and nations, and and are united in the Spirit is your standard. That means if there's anything in my heart that wants to resist that, Lord, would you change me? I repent of any of my own fears and insecurities. So we would be a house, Lord, that looks like heaven. Thank you that I'm in this house because of the blood of Jesus and the price you paid. Whatever resources you blessed me with, whatever gifts and talents I have because of you, I want to use it to serve the house, to encourage and to build and to strengthen so that we could all grow in our faith and in our love for one another. So I ask, Holy Spirit, would you speak to every heart? Lord, even now, Lord, with this word where there's maybe um, uh, just some cultural uh, uh, comfort zones that need to be broken, Lord, would you do that? Lord, mindsets that that disqualify us from uh, more because of what we think of ourselves. Lord, we pray that you break that. Lord, even our Zimbabwe family, Lord, that that are here, Father God, and and there's so much insecurity because there's there's all kinds of things around uh, valid passports and valid working documents and and, and the threats, Lord. Lord, I, I pray that even for our sons and daughters in the kingdom, they're not Zimbabwean first, they're sons and daughters first. And so we want to honor you, Jesus, firstly, as a spiritual family, bought with the blood of Jesus. 
take us into more. Set our hearts free from lies. Restore the original eternal VIN number to our hearts. That we would recognize, Lord, who we are and whose we are. So we can build what delights your heart. In Jesus' name. Amen.